What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast, where the bases are always loaded, and we will give you the information for your fantasy teams to knock it out of the park. My name is Tyler St. Jean. On this episode, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Brandon Duff and Nick Frazier. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about fantasy baseball pitchers. We're talking about some starting pitchers and relief pitchers. And with that said, I'd like to bring in my first co-host here, Brandon Duff. Brandon, we are two days away from opening day. And this time Thursday night, we'll be watching some baseball. It'll be real. The stats will count. Like you were just saying, we'll be playing some DraftKings, maybe some under, get some underdog over-unders out there. We live in Massachusetts, so we can't do prop bets. We can only play underdog. Lame. But yeah, man, I'm excited. I just can't wait for baseball. It's already here. Yeah. Um, we're doing our starting pitching preview tonight, like you said. Two days before the regular season, we're, we're jamming it in last minute. How you doing, Nick? No, it's, it's that time, man. I'm pretty pumped. Pretty pumped to do the starting pitch. Well, not just starting pitching, but the pitching preview. Um, we just had our main draft on Sunday, and that was a good time. Uh, hoping that went well for you guys. It was interesting, considering our format. But um, how you guys liking your teams? I drafted Julio Rodriguez, so I'm happy. Yeah. And Things worked just out like, well. And just like that, he was added to the active roster. Yep. Opening day lineup. That's great stuff. Yes, sir. I, uh, I like my team overall, although you guys both swiped a couple players on me. But, oh, you know, right. I stole Dylan Carlson from you. He took Carlson. Yeah. yeah. Nick, Nick took Mancini. Those are. You know, if you if you listen to our outfield preview shows and our infield preview shows, two guys I mentioned to my co-host that was high <laughs> on this year, and uh, two guys that could take in uh, right in front of me in the draft. So you know, happy. You got to hold hold some of those close to the vest, Tyler. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I got to be real careful on this picture preview show. But luckily, we already drafted, so I will let you guys and all the listeners know of uh, some pitchers I'm really high on this season. Uh, with that said, guys, uh, let's get real quick into your strategy this year uh, in drafts and redrafts of the pitcher position. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about starting pitching and relief pitching and uh, going to the drafts. I know there's different leagues out there, obviously categories, leagues, points, leagues, but what is your main strategy, Brandon, this year with looking at the starting pitchers and the relief pitchers out there? Uh, I know in, in past episodes, we, we mentioned maybe reaching for one of the top outfielders in the first couple rounds. We mentioned uh, infield about maybe getting, uh, you know, one of the top players there. Are you looking to grab one of these top pitchers in the first round or two? Or are you more of a, a wait till, you know, maybe a third or fourth before you get your uh, your, your first pitcher? I, I usually don't end up one in the, with one in the first round, but I have definitely gotten pitchers in the first two rounds. So like in the second round. Um, but yeah, I, I try to get one of like a pitcher in like the top two or three rounds and then kind of sprinkle them in throughout. I'm usually not, I know there's people that love to wait. They wait like five or six rounds before they draft a starter. I don't do that. I know there's people that'll draft like a starter in two of the first three rounds. I usually don't do that either. 
So I try to kind of mix it in throughout. Uh, in terms of reliever, I play in mostly points leagues, so I'm usually waiting on a relief pitcher. Um, obviously, if the categories leagues I do play in, I'm drafting closer relatively high. I want a guy that gets a lot of saves. Um, that's kind of my outlook on the relief pitching role. In points leagues, I kind of like guys that'll uh, eat multiple innings and have the chance at like Vulture and wins. Guys that have high strikeouts, maybe keep a low ERA. Those guys usually work out pretty well in points. So when you say those guys, you're talking about Tampa Gary Bay Whitlock. Rays. Tampa Bay Rays pitchers. Is Tampa Bay Rays pitchers, much? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick, what's what's what do you say here? What's your strategy usually with pitchers? Yeah, um, I guess. Well, points leagues, I I typically don't draft them too early. I'm all, like most things. I'm offense heavy most of the time. I guess there's this thing called. I guess my uh, strategy would be. Uh, the hero pitcher method from what I've heard uh, from some experts, I guess it's how it's called. You kind of just take one guy early on uh, your ace, so to speak, and then you fill in your offense and kind of the later rounds around like round 10. That's when you can, you can still find some value at pitching over there, at least for points leagues, um, which is all I really play. Uh, so that's, that's kind of my strategy. I, I, I like to kind of find value in the later rounds. Um, I feel like uh, the pitching will get you throughout the season if you have great pitching, but when it comes to playoff time, it kind of, it could come back to bite you if you have bad matchups, at least in um, points style uh, leagues. So I, I, I don't really, I, I just kind of focus more on hitting and then just, you know, get guys as they, like Brain was saying, kind of sprinkled throughout the draft. If people fall and um, maybe even some older pitchers like the Verlanders of the world. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my, that's kind of just, my thing, Tyler. Yeah, no. In the first few rounds, um, first three rounds, I try to get one. First five or six, I try to add another. I usually have to start the season with two two reliable aces, um, you know, of their teams for my first two pitchers. Then I kind of I can sit back and wait a little bit, try to fill up the rest of my roster, uh, because about the mid the mid round pitchers, there's so much. I think a lot of them are just so close to each other where you can kind of wait and and, get, and grab guys. Um, but yeah, that first tier or two of pitchers, it's, it's a huge drop off usually between those relief pitchers, like Brandon mentioned in points leagues, categories leagues, it's completely different categories leagues. You're trying to get one of those top five to 10 closers. I think you, you need that to try to rack up your, your saves category, um, points leagues. I'm, I'm like really waiting on, on those relief pitchers. Um, just because the, the, the points don't matter as much. Like look at just the points here or there, but. It's not like you're trying to win the category for the week. It's just trying to add more points to your team. So you can kind of sit on that position and kind of try to fill that in as the season goes. Cause a lot of these teams during the year turn into carousels and, and it just, you know, who's next because guys start blowing saves and, and they try out new guys in that position. So um, yeah, points leagues, relief pitcher I'm, I'm waiting on, but let's get into uh, some of these guys here. Um, we're going to start off guys talking about some players that, 
We're looking at their fantasy pros ADP, where they're going in most drafts, and we really like their value, guys that we're willing to take uh, where, where they're going at right now. So we're going to talk about two pitchers each. It could be starting pitching or relief pitching. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to get it started off here. Who are two guys this year for pitchers that you're willing to take at their ADP? Yeah, uh, the first guy I'm going to talk about is Charlie Morton. Um, he's the 23rd pitcher off the board, and he's 69th player overall. Uh, he's coming into his second year with the Braves. Carried a 28.6% K rate last year. Um, it was his third season in a row with a sub three, uh, three walk per nine. He had a 1.04 whip last year, which was the lowest of his career. Um, I expect the Braves to be, you know, a contending team again this year. Uh, I like I like Charlie Morton. I like where he's going. He's really consistent. He's been, you know, good for the last handful of years since when he was in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I just think where he's, he, like, I guess, like, consistent kind of sounds like a, a not the best word to describe a pitcher going at this range, but I feel like he's, like, consistently really good. So that's kind of, like, why I like Morton, where he goes. Um, the other pitcher is Emmanuel Class A. He's going. He's the 28th pitcher off the, bo- off the board, and he's the 81st player overall. Um, he finished last year with 24 saves. This season, he's projected around 30, if you look at most projections. Um, he didn't really have the role the whole season last year, which is why I think he could maybe even get more than 30. Um, his stuff is really good. His cutter is, like, nasty. Probably the second best in the league to Colvin Burns. Um he had a 16.8% swing and strike rate last year. He's his K percent could definitely increase. And he also had a 68% ground ball rate, which is one of the highest in the league. So um I like class A a lot for closers and Charlie Morton. I like him where he's going too. Those are the two guys. How do you feel about them, Tyler? Yeah. Um, so Charlie Morton, I know he's getting up there in age. He's he's gonna be 38 this this season, but He's the type of pitcher that he, you know, he doesn't rely on his velocity that much. It's more of, of his, uh, you know, breaking stuff. And he, he knows how to pitch. Uh, he's, he's playing with a, a good lineup behind him, you know, could rack up some, some wins again this season. Uh, yeah. I, I think Morton where he's going is fine value. Um, and, and class a he's, it seems like Cleveland's committed to him as the close of this year. You mentioned last year, uh, I think for like the first half of the season, it was, it was more Karen Chak. They were yeah. going back and forth. Uh, they both kind of were just like not doing well, but then to close the season, class a was dominant. Um, like you, you mentioned his numbers and, and I think it's, it's his role this year. He's going and knowing it's his role. And you mentioned category, you mentioned categories leagues. Is this a guy, Brandon, that you would actually draft in the first five or six rounds if you were in a categories league to try to lock up the saves? Yeah, I like him, man. Yeah. Who so besides maybe Liam Hendricks, is there another relief pitcher you would take over class A? Well, Hater and Hater. I know a lot of people like Jensen's pretty good now on the Braves, but yeah, I don't know. I think class A, class A is the third going off the board, I think. Yeah, I've noticed his his ADP is kind of high, but you're uh it looks like you're just sold right now on on him. I mean <laughs> guy throws a hundred and one miles an hour with a cutter uh that pitch. He's, he's actually the fifth closer off the board so it's okay looking at the adp right now it's hater hendrix iglesias 
Oh, Ryan Presley with the Houston Astros and then Class A. Yeah, I think I would take Class A over Iglesias and Presley, personally. I agree um, with you. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he's, he's 24. He's young. Uh, I know people look at Cleveland. They don't, they don't think like they're not probably going to make the playoffs, but they have a very underrated pitching staff this season, like one through five. They have really good pitchers that no one's talking about, like McKenzie, Quantrill. We, we know about Bieber, uh, Savale, right? Uh, so they're going to be a lot of close games. I think they're going to be a lot of low scoring games with that staff. And I think class is going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, yeah, I so, you know, I, I like them this year for sure. Uh, Nick, uh, you're a Braves fan, right? We're going to hit on Morton first. Tell us how much you love him and then talk class A to us. <laughs> you're right. I do love him. He's like, you know, I think Brandon mentioned this before. He's like a fine wine. You know, he gets better. Uh, seemingly as the years go on, and he's not so he's somebody he might be like my first pitcher taken. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I don't really stress about it too much. Uh, and if he's going in like the fifth or sixth round, he, I would I would take him as my ace pretty much. Um, just because I could fill in some uh other positions, uh, waiting on him, hopefully not waiting too long, but. Yeah, there's not much I could say about Warren. The guy just he continues to deal, and he's he pretty much plays through anything. He's a he, he's a he's a horse. I'm gonna, I'll say it like that. And then as far as Class A, yeah, he's one of those. If I was going to uh, jump on a closer early, I don't necessarily points leagues, but for um, you know categories, you want to lock down consistent saves. Yeah, Class A is one of those guys that I would take up there with, you know, Hayter and the Hendricks of the world. So, sure. Um, yeah, the, at their ADPs, they're guys that – there's some sprinkles that uh, I would take along the way in, in my specific drafts. So. All right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go uh, next there. I like those picks. Yeah, uh, two guys that I would take at their ADP. I have two starting pitchers. The first one being Freddie Peralta from the Brewers. He's uh, the 17th pitcher uh, taken by ADP right now, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, last season, he made the transition from a relief pitcher to a starting pitcher. So uh, he had his, in- his innings were, were limited uh, during the season. I think this year that's not going to be the case. I think, you know, they're probably going to, Take the training wheels off a little bit, if you would, with him. Uh, He finished the year with a 2.81 ERA and a whip under one, which is really good. Um, 12.2K per nine, which was third best in the MLB. So this guy's a strikeout machine. He's got a great four-seam fastball, and his slider is one of probably the better pitches in, in the league. Um, and what really, really, really I like about Peralta and obviously Burns and Woodruff and all those guys too is their division. The uh, National League Central Division, they're going to be seeing uh, a ton of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Cincinnati Reds lost a lot of their key bats last season. So, you know, Peralta, I think with more innings, if he can just kind of duplicate what he did last year, he's still a young guy. He's 25, I believe, uh, pitching up against those types of lineups. Uh, I like Freddie Peralta where he's going. And um, you guys want to hit on Peralta first before I go to my second guy? Yeah, I like Peralta. And, you know, it's kind of – I don't hear many people talk about it, but the Brewers have been able to, like, 
they've developed p- pitchers pretty well with Burns and Woodruff and, and Peralta, yeah. too. Ashby might be the next guy. They got a ton of relief. Yeah, right. And like you said, it seems like they all come through. They all come through the bullpen and then transition to a starter role. And yeah, he he looked good last year. And like you said, maybe he's uh, ready to take the next step. Any thoughts on him, Nick? Yeah, I I just remember him coming up and he was a two-pitch pitcher. You know, he he just had that killer fastball and he would just power the power past the hitters and I just like where he is now. Uh, it was it's nice seeing where he was then to where he is now. His uh, growth, his progression. I think he's just gonna get better. He's still young, and like you guys are saying, the Milwaukee's uh, Milwaukee's uh, handling of pitchers just seems to it's like a secret formula, the secret sauce. They they seem to just churn them out. So. I, I especially compared to uh, what's out there, he, he's another guy. You don't have to necessarily spend too early a pick on him. You can handle other things. But I want him as my ace. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'd go in there kind of uncomfortable uh, seeing him as what I would consider my best pitcher throughout the season. But I, I believe him. So uh, I'm loving it. All right, yeah, that was Freddie Peralta, my first guy I would take at ADP. Second guy I have here, I'm thinking at his ADP this year is Alec Manoa from the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, guy six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. Uh, he's looked like a machine this spring. He's only twenty four years old. Uh, last season, his first season in the bigs, uh, getting call up nine and two with a three point two two ERA. He's got a high nineties fastball. He's got a good sinker and a, and a really good slider. Um, and this guy, he, he's been – he's got dominant stuff. A really good stat I saw about him, too, if people are worried that he's in the American League East. He actually kind of dominated the American League East last season in a small sample size. He had under three ERA against uh, the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox. Uh, and against each team, he had a over 7K per nine against them all. Uh, he uh, especially owned the, the Rays. He had a 1.46 ERA and a 13.1 K per nine in 24 and two thirds innings. Uh, yeah, I, call me crazy. I think by the end of the year, Alec Manoa will be the best fantasy pitcher for the Blue Jays this season. Yeah, no, I completely agree with Alec Manoa a lot. Did you say the best fantasy pitcher for the Blue Jays? I did. This season? I said, yep. And I, I know they have I Berrios and Gossman and, and, yeah. and Ryu. Nope. Alec Manoa <laughs> is their All best right. pitcher this season. That's that's my, yeah. I don't want to have money in the bank yet, but that's my bold call in the middle of the podcast, I guess. How many innings did he throw last year? I don't have that number particularly with me right now. Uh, I can get that. Uh, how much innings did end? All right, you threw 112. 112, okay. I think he had, 100, he had 127 strikeouts, right? And he had 120 innings total with the minors. Okay. <laughs> I know he had more strikeouts than innings. Like, that was... To be the best pitcher, though, for them, he'll have to put up, like, I don't know, maybe like 170 or 160 at least. For what, innings? Yeah. 
Yeah, he will. I, as far as I I know, right, he's going right. to be in the rotation all year, and there's no limits, uh, innings limitation on him. Right? He should be fine. He should be good to go. Guy six foot six, two sixty. <laughs> he's he a horse. Man. The guy's a <laughs> guy's a tight end. To, guy's a linebacker slash tight end out there in the mound. He ain't, he ain't going nowhere. Um, if I if I was running an organization, my guys would all be let loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, throw, they, they baby, throw, throw. They, they're going, they're going for it this year. This this is the Blue Jays, right? They they got World Series dreams this season. I don't think they're looking to manage Alec Manoa's innings. That's just what I think. You know, could be wrong here. Um, Nick, you want to give us your two guys here? Yeah. So uh, I I you guys pretty much hit on Manoa for me. I just I think the Blue Jays are uh, you know like a top three. World Series candidate. So I, I don't see them holding anybody back this year. So I, I do like uh, Manoa stuff. And like what I saw last year, another year in the league, I, I think I think he's he's on the up and up. So I, I wouldn't mind taking him where he's going in uh, most drafts. Um, my uh, guys, I'm drafting at their ADPs. Uh, first one's going to be Trevor Rogers, Miami starting pitcher. Uh, he's another guy that's improved since he's uh, come up a few years ago. Uh, he had a great year last year, but he unfortunately was under the whole uh, limitations of what Miami was doing. They didn't let him go all year. That uh, could be still an issue, but I feel like they'll let him go more this year. He could hit as long as he stays healthy. Um, around 170, 170 innings, 175 innings. I know it's not horse stuff, but um, yeah, Rogers is one of the best. He's got electric stuff. He's one of the I'd say one of the better left-handers in the league right now. Um, yeah, he, he's going uh, 96th overall. He, he's a guy I wouldn't mind having as, like, my number two. Uh, and that's like – it's like if I drafted Charlie Morton <clears throat> back in round five, round four. He's, not so, he's somebody I wouldn't be minding, like, kind of trying to take four or five rounds later. So I don't <clears> – sorry about that, guys. Losing my voice here. Um, another guy I'm taking is Noah Syndergaard. This guy's going close to 200th overall. He's um, kind of a – he's got a one – he signed a one-year deal with uh, L.A. this year. He's kind of a prove-it type of deal. And – just the name value alone, I know he's had it. Obviously, he's had his injury woes in the past. But I think it could be a uh, positive and it could be a negative with being a six-man rotation in L.A. But I think um, I think at the price he's going, his name alone, I don't see why you don't take a shot on him if he's sitting there, you know, 
I don't know what round that is. The 186 overall is probably like 14th, 15th round in 12 team leagues. That's, I'd say that's pretty good value for the potential of Noah Syndergaard, you know, 80% of what the name carries. So with that, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, in most leagues, I'm looking to get this guy kind of where he's going. And he's been pretty, pretty hot this spring. So how, how do you guys feel about Rodgers and um, Noah Syndergaard this year? Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, Rogers. I I completely agree with how you how you put it. Um, I like I'd like him as my number two. I like Rogers a lot. Uh, like we were talking about with Milwaukee, I think Miami's been really good at developing pitchers as well, and Rogers is clearly one of them. Um, in terms of Noah Syndergaard, I I am not on the same page with you. I just I just don't I don't have any interest in in drafting a pitcher that. I mean, the guy hasn't thrown at all in the last couple of years. And Joe Madden is saying that he's no, has no restrictions at all. He's just going to go out there and throw, which I'm all for for most players, but not a guy who <laughs> has never been able to stay healthy at all. Damn. So, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, definitely. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite with Noah Syndergaard. Uh, so no, I'm, I don't blame you, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not there with him. But yeah. how do you feel about them, Tyler? No, I, I love the Trevor Rogers pick, Nick. Um, I know I, and I know you were really high on him last season, like on this, on this podcast, you talked him up last year and, um, you know what, the more you talked him up, the more I, I paid attention to him. And, um, I don't even think he's hit a ceiling yet in, in the major leagues, lefty, um, great stuff. Had a, I think I saw 28 and a half percent cake, like K percentage. Like the guy can, he, he, and he's done it against good teams. I think he pitched really good against the Red Sox last year in Fenway. He, he's uh he's great and he's got good value like you said his adp is is really good where it's at so yeah i would snatch up uh <clears throat> trevor rogers where he's going but uh yeah i'm sorry nick with the syndergaard i was uh yeah. if if brandon didn't say it first i was um i'm off him you know he's pitching i think he's between like 94 and 96 miles an hour right now with his fastball but when he was four for, for the Mets, he was throwing 98, 99. That's when he was like at his best. And, and yeah, I haven't even seen this guy pitching in a few years. And um, I, I'm, I'm just shying away. I'm staying away from, from Syndergaard, especially, I think he's, what was his ADP that you said he was at Nick? Uh, it was somewhere like, he's in the a, he's a, so he's a, no, he's, so he's a 74th overall. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm no, 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 I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me fix that. 74th pitcher overall, 186th overall. General, that's that's still too high. Up. That's too high for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. If I could take if I if I could take him with my last pick, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not drafting. Oh my God. My heart. Oh. My heart hurts. What? My heart hurts. My heart hurts right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm just not willing to Jesus. take. I, so he's take like he's fat Thor now. So he's fat. So this is oh so you know he killed Thanos. Yeah. He's her. He he he. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just sitting on his couch playing video games with a rock dude and a cockroach. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just – I'm out on Syndergaard. All right, let's move on to other guys (laughs) we're out on uh, at their ADP values. Uh, Brandon, Uh, I want to hear you here. Uh, Who are two players that 
you're avoiding where they're going, avoiding at their ADP. Now, let's just keep in mind here because I think last week we got into like not arguments, but um, like Jared Walsh at first base. We were not guys we we like wouldn't draft. They're just we wouldn't draft them where right, they're going. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Like so, we can still kind of like these players, but not at that value. So who who are you ta- who are you shying away from at the ADP? Yeah. So so Frankie Montas is the first player for me. I honestly I haven't drafted him anywhere yet. He's the 26th pitcher off the board, according to Fantasy Pros, the 77th player overall. Um, yeah, just nothing with him stands out to me that much. Um, he pitched 187 innings last year, which was by far the highest for him. Um, he's never topped over 100 in the bigs. And I also, he could get traded, and he pitches in one of the best ballparks to pitch in. Most spots that he winds up will be a worse spot for him. One of his main features is that he's been able to hold down home runs, and I think that could change depending on where he goes. Um, yeah, like I said, I've just kind of avoided him this year. Uh, do you guys want to hit on Montas, or do you want me to go on my next guy? I'll, I'll go on Montas. I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm kind of going up against this one a little bit too because uh, I'm a believer in Montas. Uh, one of the years – it's his fault. I'm not going to say like, uh, yep, yep. that he didn't pitch over a hundred <laughs> innings once he got, he got boxed for PEDs uh, that, but since, since he's come back from that, he's been a pretty, he's been an above average pitcher in the league and he's still got the velo. He's got throwing like 96, 97 and that splitter, the splitter is a plus pitch really hard to hit second half of the season. He really came on strong. He, he's a strikeout guy. Does it against good teams. Uh, he's going to obviously be the ace in Oakland, and he's probably going to get – I think he's going to be the guy that uh, all the contenders are going to want to go after uh, the trade deadline. There's teams that want him now, but I think Oakland's kind of sitting on him to – you know, when teams get more desperate because they really want good prospects for this guy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Montas where he's going. I think he's, I think he's okay value there. Uh, Nick, you want to hit on Montas? Montas um, is damn. He's I don't like. I I'm with Brandon on this one. I don't really like his ADP. He's a little high for me. I am intrigued on if they do trade him at some point. Um, but I think at like last year, he I know he kind of correct himself towards the end of the year and struck out a lot of guys he's got that he's got that high heat but I don't I don't know I just I for some reason I guess it's more a gut feeling where I, I don't know if I can trust him uh and there's guys like around him that I I, I guess I'd rather you know, take my shots on Charlie Morton's not that far away from him. He's going before Carlos wrote on Carlos wrote on. I'd rather have wrote on actually don't really. And Alec Manoa, they're all kind of Trevor Rogers. I'd rather have those guys. It's not really anything against him. I, I do believe in the talent. I just, I think last year did have, he did leave a sour taste in my mouth. So I'm going to stick with Brandon on this one. And Frankie Montas and kind of avoid where he's going. If he falls, I'll I'll take the chance on him in round or two. But I think you guys uh, are sleeping a little on Montas. <laughs> I think you got to look at his numbers again from last I, year. 
I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I might be misreading the numbers. I just remember uh catching a lot of the bad stuff from last year. So maybe that's why I'm so down on him. Yeah. You, uh, maybe maybe the beginning of the year, but yeah, down the stretch, he was he was up there yeah. as one of the better pitchers in the league. Um but all right, let's move on from Matas, Brandon. Who's another guy you're avoiding at their ADP? Yeah, my second guy is Mike Clevenger. He's getting yeah. drafted 65th, uh, the 65th pitcher off the board and 159th overall. Um, if you look at his numbers uh, through his career, he's just really inconsistent. And health-wise, he's been really inconsistent. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Uh, and the Padres have shown the um, the motivation to go out and acquire pitchers on a regular basis. They've done it since the beginning of last year. They did got Manaya. Um Martinez is starting for them as their fifth starter, Nick Martinez. They still have Mackenzie Gore in the minors. And I'm sure if they're in the hunt, they'll, they'll go out and acquire more starting pitching if they have to. <clears throat> but, um, it, yeah, yeah, Clevenger's just not a guy I'm uh, in on. Yeah. ADP, yeah, just, and now he's hurt. Now he's hurt, so. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, hey, of let, course. He's hurt if you, you saying he was healthy would have been the surprise. Right. Uh, yeah, this is an easy agree, uh, Clevenger. He hasn't been good in years. Uh, ever since um, the COVID incident with him, right in Cleveland, when he got sent home from the team, yep, yep, him exactly. and uh, was it was it, it was a police sack or Savali, one of the others. I think right? it was Savali. It was Savali. Him and Savali. Yeah. Every ever since that incident, uh, Clevenger. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying like that was the reason, but I'm just that reminds me of like, wow, this guy hasn't been good since then, and that was a few years ago. And, and this guy, might, he might be a spider tack guy. A lot of people claim that he's a spider tack guy. He's got like his spin rates all down and, and he used to throw 98. Then he's got the ton, all the surgeries and now he's down to 94, 93. Yeah, I'm, this guy's done, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm out on Clevenger for like his career. At that. I hate to say it, but I am. Yeah, I, I mean, he like you guys said he hasn't done much in a few years so and uh they just traded for Manaya right am I yeah, Sean, wrong Sean Manaya, yeah. yeah so he went on the I think Clevenger just got hurt but I think that might have something to do with it is them acquiring Manaya so that I think there's some some something going on behind the scenes that that's kind of them deciding that Clevenger might not be the guy. So I, I'm just avoiding him. This, I think this year there's a lot of young talent out there. Uh, and there's a lot of other options. Uh, I'd rather just – I'd find the uh, points elsewhere or, you know, the stats elsewhere. Plus he's just getting lit up this spring. Just absolutely lit up. He does not look good at all. Yeah, he's not the guy he, he used to be in the early stages of his career in Cleveland anymore, that's for sure. All right, two guys I'm staying away from. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Justin Verlander from the Houston Astros. He's just going too early for me. I'm not saying, like, I don't like Verlander. The 37th pitcher overall, guy's a future Hall of Famer for sure, but he's he's 39 years old. Uh, he's barely pitched the last two seasons. So he's just coming uh, back this year off of Tommy John surgery. I think the Astros are really going to limit his innings this year. So I don't think you're going to get the full season of Verlander overall. 
And um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to say about his, like his stuff. I, I don't know if, if his velocity has been up there. Like, it, like it's always been in his career to start the spring, but I think unlike Charlie Morton, where Morton's a lot of breaking, Morton can throw 90 and, and still be solid at 38, 39. I think Verlander needs that gas. I think he needs that, you know, radar gun lit, getting lit up to, uh, you know, really be Justin Verlander. But I don't know. Brandon, Verlander, are you taking him early here or are you waiting? Are you sitting on? No, I'm not in on Verlander this year. I haven't been since I started doing drafts kind of right after football ended and I haven't taken Verlander anywhere. Um, like you said, it's basically for me, it's just, he's going too early. If there was a discount on him where I could get him a little bit later, I would definitely, I would take a chance on him, but where he's going, I feel like I can get safer players and players with just as much upside at this point. Like he's, he's not the Cy Young guy he used to be. So yeah, I'm, I'm out on Verlander this year. Yeah. Uh, Nick Verlander. Man, if we had done this show a couple weeks ago where he was, you say he's going too soon, which I agree now, but not too long ago, he was, he was a few rounds down the board. I would have taken him then. And right now he's, he's kind of jumped up like before Kershaw, McClanahan. Uh, he's going right around Manoa and Trevor Rogers. I, I, I think I I think I might be in on him actually. I'm I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think he's jumped up the boards because he he's, he's looked pretty good from what uh I'm reading here. And um I th- he's he's got that one year deal. I think that him and the Astros know that this is it. Like I think they're just gonna he's gonna go back to I'm not saying he's gonna hold up all season, but I I, I think the name and the, I think they're just gonna let him go. I think they both know this is kind of his lat his ride off into the sunset. So, um, I don't know. I I I kind of feel like he's still got his he's still got it. He's always been a horse, always. I know he had his down years and he hasn't pitched in a couple of years, but I don't know. I, I'm in. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind taking him uh, over here at 99th overall. I'm looking at his stuff right now. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm out. I, you guys are crazy. What? What? <laughs> like, crazy? like crazy? Oh, what? Dude. You guys, you guys are I just sat here and listened to you like – Talk yourself into Justin Verlander, and now I'm crazy. All right. Never, I'm, I'm done. With it. All right, we're going to move on here. He can ride right. himself into the sunset on Team Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my second guy I'm, I'm avoiding at his cost is Luis Castillo from the Reds here. Uh, he's the 39th pitcher being taken. Uh, still a little too early. And this one's just trust issues. What, what Luis Castillo are we going to get all season? Well, he's already starting off uh, the year missing the first few weeks. He, uh, I don't think he's even going to be back till like May. They're saying late April, early May. Who knows? Uh, last year, if, if you don't remember this, he started off awful. I think he was like re- the worst starting pitcher. Worst starting pitcher in the league. Uh, he had an over seven ERA. 
Uh, I saw this cold weather. He doesn't like pitching in cold weather. <laughs> he says like a, a career <laughs> over nine ERA in cold weather. So it might be good that he's waiting until May to come back this year. But um, I don't know. He finished strong, but we know he can do it. But at the same time, at this point, at this point of the draft, I'm not, I don't want to play games with my starters and say, well, who, who, who are we going to get? Like, are we going to get the actual good Luis Castillo? Or are we going to get the guy who is, is, Giving up seven runs a game, uh, Brandon. You taking Castillo around here? No, no. I, I love Castillo, and I have. Hold on, hold on, years. hold on, hold on. Are are we going to be crazy for this too, Nick? All right, go ahead, Brandon. Keep going. My fault. What do you mean? What do you mean? Am I going to talk myself into Luis Castillo now? No, no, no. I mean, last time we both were like, no, we're out on Verlander, but we're both crazy. So I'm just saying, no, like, no. You know. I like I said, I like I like Luis Castillo, and I I like him the last few years, but. Even like Nick was just talking about Justin Verlander a few weeks ago, I might have drafted him, but I mean now he's starting the year on the IL. I'm I'm good with that. I'm not drafting anybody at this point that's starting the year on the IL. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean if Nick, I don't know how you feel about Castillo, but I'm good with him. This no, it, it's it's like Kyle was saying, it's trust issues, man. It's trust issues. Last year is like it's past, it's been the past couple of years, hasn't it? When was his like really good year? Was that 20? even his really good years? He usually starts off slow and and kind of comes on as the yeah. season. Like Tyler said, just, he doesn't pitch well in the cold. So I I when Tyler brought up Lu, uh, Luis Castillo, I just saw your face and I knew exactly how you felt. Like I'll just say it like that. All that time, like just sitting on him, waiting and taking all the bruises that came along the way, and um holding on to him that long until it was finally time until he had his little stretch of like good good matchups and good performances even even like towards the end of the year he still had his his some of his woes he still had his like blow-ups so yeah I, I don't know man i i'm out i guess i do know i i just i'm not taking him that soon for sure All right. going way too high Agree with us on Castillo. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, Nick, who are two guys you're avoiding at ADP? So um, one of them is a relief pitcher. It's Kenley Jansen, now of the Atlanta Braves. Um, there's been talks of him kind of uh, losing it over the past couple of years, and he never seemed to in L.A. He always held that closer role. Um, I, I feel like he's always been on the down, but the dam just hasn't completely broken yet. Uh, he still kind of holds his job. He still has his, you know, still still has some of his stuff. But I think in Atlanta, if he breaks even a little bit, or if he has a few uh, bad stretch, I don't think they'd be too scared to just turn to Will Smith, who's been pretty good. Um, and I, considering he's going 93rd overall, he's going. He's also going – it's funny we're talking about guys that are kind of going all in the same range, Manoa, Trevor Rogers, Justin Verlander. Um, I don't know. I, there's something about Jansen I, I would just stay away from uh, going before pick 100. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. How do, do you guys feel like Jansen's kind of done? 
I, I don't know why I feel like that. I just I, I felt like that for a while. What, what do you guys think about him? <clears throat> he, he's getting up there in age. New team this year, closer. Whenever closers go to new teams for some reason, I, I don't know. It is a little scary. Uh, I think like Alex Colomay last season with the with the Twins, that was a disaster. And it's you know, guys, it's 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 becomes a head game with some guys in the closer role. And in the little, you know, let's say a rough April for Jansen could ruin his whole season because you're right with a guy like Will Smith there, and, and the Braves obviously they're a contender to try and defend their World Series championship. Um, it could go off the rails for Jansen, and and you know you, you are risking a, a pretty good round pick there for him. So I can agree with you on this one, <clears throat> Brandon. Your thoughts. Who do you guys like more, Jansen or Kimbrel? Ooh. <laughs> I would yeah. like to avoid both. I'm going to put it out there right now. I like Jansen more. Yeah. Well, isn't that another situation yeah. there with Blake Trinan's in, in L.A.? And they they the other guys, too. Like, LA, LA's got every everything they need in every position. So yeah. they have like a million closers over there. Blake Trinan, I guess, is going to be like the everyman from what I, yeah. I heard. So yeah, yeah, he's another one of those guys that might like Throw a couple innings but, here and there. Yeah. Closers just scare me in general. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to avoid them. Kimbrel, Jansen, those guys scare me. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I just, you just spend that capital on them, and then, you know, they potentially lose a job within a month, you know? Yeah. you got to be careful if you're going to reach on, on closers. And uh, this would be no surprise. The next guy. That I'm uh, avoiding at his ADP is uh Blake Snell. <laughs> Should I say more? <laughs> no, he's a 42nd pitcher going uh, off the board, 110 overalls, kind of the same range as the guys we've been talking about. There's just too many guys around, and Blake Snell has been so frustrating over the past few years. Um, Especially last year, I, I, I'm, I don't have much to say about him other than like, you just give it up already. Let somebody else deal with the headache. I, I have a question now that we're talking about Blake. We were talking about uh, <laughs> earlier with, or the Brewers, right? We mentioned a couple of the maybe the the Guardians, maybe the yep. So the Snell comes from the Rays, which is the Rays usually have pretty good pitching every year. At every level, like middle relievers, like bullpen starters. Blake Snell won the Cy Young in Tampa. San Diego, he's not the same guy. He had that big contract, right? He's not the only one. Like, I think Darvish had a down year compared to what he was in Chicago. Is San Diego just a bad bad organization for pitchers? Like, is that that a reason? It's surprising considering they have one of the best pitchers' parks, do they not? Petco, yeah. it's, It's one of the big parks, but. I mean, Tampa also has a good pitcher's park, but yeah, I don't know. It, it is kind of weird that pitchers go there and it's, they don't seem to be the same effectiveness anywhere. It's, I guess it's Musgrove, Musgrove's been pretty good there, but I don't know. I, I just feel like since Snell's been in Tampa, he's he's not kind of even close to what he was in Tampa. Can I, yeah. can, can I read you, can I read you Snell's game log at the end of the year? 
He, he did. He did have a good end of the year. No, okay. Seven, seven right, innings pitch. Seven yeah. innings pitch. Thirteen Ks. Yeah. He well, five did. innings six. Five innings nine. Seven. Seven and two thirds. Ten. Seven innings pitch. Ten Ks. Seven innings pitch. Eleven Ks. That was wow. his run on the end of the year. Snow yeah. went off. He did. The boys switched some things up and went off. But Brandon, okay. you guys are a little down on Snell this year. I, I don't know why. I think he's starting a little banged up, though. Are you are you still shying away from him? Or? A lot of pitchers are. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. Man, I, mean, I don't know. I know. think I where where he's going. Yeah, I kind of like where he's. I think there's there's some upside where he's going. Yeah. But I, at the end of the day, I think it's just that our very own host Nick Frazier, just something happened with him and Blake Snell, and and back in the day, and. Nick oh, no, last year, I'm not gonna. There was there was points last year on our podcast where Blake Snow was was the whipping boy. He, oh, and Nick, I was in on that. So <laughs> Nick I'm Frazier, not, I'm not lying about that. Nick Frazier hates Blake Snow. Just what it comes down to. Uh, I kind of do. All right. It, yeah. It's, let's uh, it's let's move on here to sleepers. Who are uh, two sleepers, Brandon? That you like at their ADPs this year? Yeah, we'll go through these pretty quick. Uh, Tristan McKenzie's the first sleeper. Um, 87th pitcher off the board, 217 overall. Um, started off bad last year. They sent him to AAA. He came back and he kind of improved on everything. Cut his walk rate from 18.9% to 6.4%. Um, he's got great stuff. Always carries a high strikeout percentage. Um, yeah, I, I like Tristan McKenzie coming into this year. I think where you get him, he's just kind of all upside. Uh, the second guy, did you guys want to talk, touch on McKenzie or? All right, I'll go to the next guy, Robert Suarez. Okay. Robert Suarez is going to be my second player. He's a 110th pitcher off the board, 273rd overall. Um, He signed with the Padres this year. He pitched for five seasons in Japan, Mm -hmm. was the closer there full-time. He signed for two years, five mil a year or something like that. Um, He's been really good in the spring. He gave up one run. He had seven strikeouts, no walks. They're saying right now he's either going to be in the mix for the closing role or he's kind of – establish himself as the closer so um where he's going i think especially if you're in a categories league he's a good like late draft pick for for save upside and even in a points league if he becomes a closer he's can fill your rp role give you some pretty good points um yeah i'll, I'll go mckenzie first uh he started off really bad but he's still young he's 24 he went back down to triple a and, and it seems like he figured it out it's uh, I think it's control issues with him, right? He has a ton of yep. uh, like walk issues, but since he came, he got called back up. He finished the year strong. He seems like he has control down, and McKenzie is definitely someone who can improve this season and continue improving like he did last year. And uh, he gets he has solid ADP uh, for where he where he's going. Suarez is a name I don't really know much about. Like you said he was in Japan the last five seasons, but if he right. can stick that closers role, I mean he's. He's fighting off Emilio Pagan. That he, yep. he's not much. They and were then, just trying to trade him a week ago. So yeah, no, I'm not worried about Pagan. It's Denelson Lamet though. That's yeah, Lamet. Lamet's got skill too. Yeah, I think Suarez is going to get the the start at uh, the start of the season, being the closer. And San Diego should you know win win a good amount of games this year. So um, yeah, a lot of people don't know about Suarez. So you can definitely go in and snag him up. And like you said, he could be finding a a quality guy that you can get later for, for saves. Uh, Nick, anything to add to these two guys before I move on here? No. uh, Well, other than, you know, McKenzie, the numbers look rough last year overall, but 
like you said, he went down, came back up, kind of figured it out a little bit. He's still, he's still young, has that inconsistency, but, uh, you know, hopefully he, he's kind of figuring something out and, you know, going where he's going, 217th overall. Uh, he's some of, one of those guys at that point, you're kind of taking shots, you know, if you're in McKenzie has that upside. I don't mind taking shots on that upside like he has. Uh, Suarez, I also don't know much about him other than, you know, I think he, I think I do agree that he might be getting the, he'll probably be getting the save chances early on. I know Denelson Lamette has been in that conversation, but I don't think he's looked very good in, you know, how he holds up throughout the season. He does not like to stay on the field that much. So, uh, I, you know, you're paying nothing for Suarez. He's one of those guys you can, you know, if you slept on uh, closers throughout the draft, he's the guy you just take a shot on. And if he works out, he does. And you found a diamond in the rough at 273. And if not, you move on. You just find someone else as the season goes along. All right, a guy I have here for uh, sleeper is Alex Cobb from the San Francisco Giants. This is his first year with the team. Uh, he's a veteran pitcher in the league. Last year, he had a pretty decent year with the Angels. He went 8-3 and three with a 3.76 ERA. Uh, so San Fran, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's, he's a big ballpark. And uh, the previous season or two, they've had some average pitchers, like, at the time, but not anymore, but – Kevin Gosman and Anthony Desclafani were both like veteran average pitchers in the league, just like Alex Cobb. And all of a sudden they went to San Fran and they became a lot. They had career years. <laughs> uh, and I can compare Alex Cobb to Kevin Gosman. They're both similar type pitchers. They throw sinkers and they both have splitters. And I think working with the pitching staff over there in San Fran with that team, uh, that organization does very well with uh, veteran players who go in there and kind of, you know, I don't know if they tweak something with them, but they kind of figure it out and, and have really good seasons. And uh, also really good news about Cobb is his velocity in the spring has been way up. He's uh, a couple ticks up, I should say. He's at like 96, 97. That's the high, hardest he's ever thrown in his career. So if that holds up, uh, I think Alice Cobb could be in for a, a very, very good season for where he's going at his ADP. Um, I'm going to, to quickly hit on the next guy john gray from the rangers he's another guy joining a new team uh and he's just getting out of course field that's big news for any pitcher you know pitching there for like seven seasons getting out of there texas which is actually a pretty good pitcher friendly ballpark itself uh he's the opening day starter he's already like their ace pitcher and he's he's an innings guy over the last few seasons he, he's pretty good with giving you uh, a ton of innings and he's a pretty solid strikeout guy as well. And I also uh, have been seeing he has a new slider to start the season that actually looks pretty good during the spring. So I think John John Gray, where he's going, is another great value pick. So Alice Cobb and John Gray, Brandon. Yeah, both guys, I'm kind of like right in step with you. Alex Cobb, like you said, um, all the reports are that his velocity's up, um, hit 96, 90. I think that I read like the highest he's ever hit in his career was just at 96 miles an hour and he's like sitting at that now like so yeah that's that's crazy there's in something San francisco like you said in the in the giants have been able to find something with pitchers <clears throat> yeah that this... that program 
uh, program over there and <clears throat> excuse me, that program in, in San Fran. Uh, yeah. Pitchers all of a sudden have career years and are throwing harder than they ever did at the age of 34, but I'm my fault, Brandon. Go ahead and keep, uh, keep yeah, going. And John Gray also, John Gray's a guy. I really like where he was going at his ADP. Uh, he's coming to Colorado, going to Texas where it was kind of like a mediocre pitchers park last year. Um, yeah, I think he, he was, I think I read that he, uh, developed a new curveball coming into the season and kind of didn't like how his pitches performed in Colorado. So yeah, I like, he's got a new spot and he seems like the opening day starter. He's good to go. He's got a tough matchup on opening day. He's got Toronto, but I think after that, better things will be in line for John Gray this season. Nick, what are your thoughts on John? I love, Gray? I love the John Gray uh, move to Texas. I think, I think Colorado is mostly what's been holding him back. We, I think we've all seen his stuff over the years. He's had great performances, but when he gets into course field, he even he's even able to fight through course field sometimes. But I think the move to Texas that just I think I think he's finally gonna do what we've all expected him to do over the past few years, and he just he's an innings eater, man. He, He's one of those. Uh, he's, he's potentially a stallion, and you're getting him pretty late. So I like him there. Alex Cobb. Uh, I don't have much to say on him. I I do like that he went to San Fran. San Fran has some uh, magic in their water. I'm guessing for pitchers, oh, yeah. like Kyle was saying, their program <laughs> turns every pitcher around that goes there. Um, so just for that reason alone, yeah, I would take a shot on Alex Cobb. I haven't really been in on him for a long time now, but he he always had that. He was always talked up in you know the fantasy community, in the baseball community over the years. So just for just for the move to San Fran alone, I I wouldn't mind trying to uh, cash in on what could potentially be. And if it doesn't work out, he's just another guy you can kind of stream or but I, I think there's I think there's great days ahead for Cobb as well. So Me too. I, th- I think he's guys. gonna I think he's gonna turn into a not a streamer. I think he's gonna be like a guy you want to keep um kind of on your roster. That's just my I think I think San Fran once again has got a really good rotation going over there with Logan Webb and uh Rodone, Wood, they're looking good again with their starting five. Uh, Let's go quick here, though. Deep sleepers, Brandon. A guy, like, really down the list that you're willing to take a shot on here. Whoa. What? You're just going to go through my – Oh, I apologize. Apologize. I know after after some of my takes to show you, you you you're probably just done with me. uh, I completely (laughs) forgot. I apologize, Nick. The floor is yours. Give us your two sleepers uh, before you I'll move try, on to our I'll, deep sleepers. I'll try and be quick. First one's going to be Jesus. They're kind of close to each other, too. So first one's going to be Jesus Lazardo. Isn't it Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. All right. Uh, we'll go Jesus. Jesus Lazardo. I feel like everybody named Jesus is named Jesus. Anyway, uh, after disastrous 2021, uh, he got traded to the Marlins, uh, another team that just churns out great pitching. Um, and they seem to be fixing him. He's had an outstanding spring and he's mixing all his pitches pretty well. So 
He's like, I don't know. He's also going late. I think he's going uh two sixtieth overall. And uh that's just that's the guy you could just take a shot on Brandon. I know you just made a trade for him in our main league. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree with you. Like you said, he's having a his spring training has been really good. Um he's added some velo too, like Alex Cobb. Yep. And um yeah, he's cut his walk down his walks down a little bit, so he's a guy I'm excited about coming into the season. For sure. All right. And then uh, my second guy is uh, a few picks down, 266 overall. It's uh, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, he also had a rough uh, 2020, 2021 campaign with the Dodgers. Um, he got hurt early on. He seemed to be, uh, you know, he, he, had a, he didn't have great starts when he came back. I think he was still dealing with some issues along the way. Uh, but he's seemingly healthy. He's, I think he's locked down that fifth uh, starter spot in L.A. And uh, he's also had a great spring. So I, I like what I saw from him in 2019. I'm going to kind of throw 20 – I mean, uh, 2019, 2020. I'm going to throw 2021 away right now. I'm going I'm to kind of go in this with a uh, positive outlook, glass half full. And uh, he's another guy, you know, uh, along with Jesus Lozardo, somebody you can grab late and hopefully catch in on a, a pretty good 2022 campaign. How do you guys feel about Tony Gonsman? Well, I'll touch on him first because I already talked about Lozardo. Um, I'm definitely okay with grabbing him there. Uh, he's on a great team and definitely win a lot of games and stuff and if he keeps the role it could definitely be a uh, pretty fruitful for him but i'm i'm not as excited as i am for lazardo they're going like right around the same spot if i had the choice yeah. between the two i'd take lazardo every time <laughs> but for sure that's just where i'm at for sure how do you feel tyler yeah i always forget how young lazardo is because he's, he's been in the league for a few years starting with oakland but he's only 24 yeah. so and that's usually when guys start figuring it out like you know People think guys like Lazardo, Tariq Skubal is another name that comes to mind. Like they've had, they took their lumps, but they were only 22, 23 years old, right? Usually pitchers don't get into their prime until 26, 27. So the, the upside's there for Lazardo. And I like that he added a couple of ticks of velocity, like you mentioned, kind of like Cobb. Yep. And yeah, it's just about him getting his, his control down. And I think Lazardo could, uh, could really have a pretty solid season. Consolone, like you mentioned, good team to be on. Uh, I think you should have that number five spot locked up. I, I don't really worry much about Tyler Anderson or uh, Heaney. I think Heaney's at the number four. I know anyways, but they said when if Bauer comes back, I think he's more likely to take maybe Heaney's spot than Gonsolin, but they'll, he'll, he'll find his, his starts at some point. Um, but yeah, he, I would be willing to take a, a risk on Gonsolin as well, but I agree. I'd rather go Lazardo over Gonsolin between the two. But all right, let's go deep sleeper here, Brandon. Who you got really down the list here? Yeah, so my deep sleeper, according to Fantasy Pros, he's um he's the 164th pitcher off the board, 379th overall. It's Tyler McGill. Uh, he's on the New York Mets. We've, within the last couple of days, we kind of, you know, DeGrom's gone down. He's going to be down for, for a while. Scherzer, he pitched a bullpen today, but it still seems... Like, they're kind of up in the air on whether he's going to be ready to go or not. So it seems like McGill's going to slot right back into the rotation like he was last year. He was definitely, um, you know, in in my opinion, I didn't really know much about him, so he kind of came out of nowhere. But he was a really 
a good pitcher for 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 people who rostered him in fantasy. Um, I think he could be that again. It seems like you know with Degrom and just other pitchers, you never you never know what can happen. And if he ends up sticking in the rotation for a while, he could be a pretty good pitcher. So where he's going, I feel like the upside is just it's kind of off the charts with him at this point. Yeah, you said what I was going to say about him, and that's I think he's going to have a, a spot in the rotation all season uh, because just in general, you mentioned DeGrom and Scherzer, but even the back end of their rotations, older pitchers, Carrasco, yep. Walker, mm-hmm. uh, Walker. Then, those guys, are they're going to have their DL stints. So I think Miguel is going to find a spot there all season. You know, it's good that they have him because he's going to fill right in, and he had really good uh, strikeout-to-walk ratios and his time during the end of the season. And uh, yeah, uh, where he's going really, really late 164th pitcher. I agree. Uh, Nick, you want to hit your deep sleeper now or. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go through it. Um, my deep sleeper is going to be Matt Brash uh, yeah. of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, he just made the opening day roster. It looks like he's going to slot in as a fifth starter. Uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, he's been electric this spring. He's he's not even um, – he's somebody that kind of came out of the blue for me. I, I hadn't heard much about him. Uh, apparently, he's the 98th prospect in the MLB, which is – I mean, he's within the top 100. But um, he's looked pretty great this spring, and he's going uh, 343rd overall. That's last-round material in deep leagues. It's, it's pretty late. So – uh, I, I'm imagining he's going to be moving up the boards uh, a little bit, maybe a few rounds, but he's got a ton of upside. He, he I think the other day he generated uh, 11 swings and misses against the Rockies, and he only gave up a home run to Charlie Blackman, which is to be expected. He's young. He's going to have his growing pains, I'm sure, but he's somebody that could deliver uh, the value uh, of well, you can deliver plus value getting him at you know sub 300, uh, with a sub 300 draft pick. And you know, just he's a lottery, he's a lottery ticket, he's a lottery ticket. So take a shot on him. <laughs> That's all I have to say about him. Uh, Brand, I'm gonna loop by guy in with Matt Brash, Brandon, so you can go on Brash real quick. Yeah, I'm. He's he's got a lot of upside. He's got like a 96 mile an hour fastball. His curveball is supposed to be ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Had a nasty spring yeah. training. So yeah, he may he he kind of forced his way into the rotation. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I I just drafted him in our home league this weekend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, Seattle fans are excited as well. It seems like they were really rooting for this guy to get into their rotation and. He kind of worked. I don't think that was the plan, Nick, during spring training for him to start the yeah. season, but he kind of worked it, worked this way in with his great spring. Uh, we talked about the curveball, uh, guys that what we call a big league curveball, you know. Another guy I'm gonna loop right in there, another young pitcher who has a big league curveball is Reed Detmers from the Los Angeles Angels. Got to the 12 to 6. Um, looked really good this spring as well. I think he kind of worked his way into a rotation spot. The only difference is the Angels run a six-man rotation. So I know in mm-hmm. fantasy purposes, it's, you know, you uh, the Angels pitchers, you got to wait an extra day on those guys. But 
That's why he's going so late, 166 pitcher off the board. He's only 22, so he might take his lumps. He actually took his lumps last year. Last season, he came in towards the end of the season, did not look good. But, you know, with young pitchers, they, they, you got to figure it out. You got to work it out. What I really like about Reed Detmers is he had a 42% strikeout rate in the minors, which is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Guy's a high pedigree and prospect. I think he was a 10th overall pick in 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you don't want to draft this guy, I think look, look to him to stream. If he's available, you know, against some, some teams that aren't as good, I think Reed Demers can give you some quality starts uh, against, against, you know, some bad teams. But anything on Demers, guys, or are we moving on to Money in the Bank? Like you said, he struggled last year, but he was 21 years old. Yeah. He yeah. made his debut at 21, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he has tremendous upside. His stuff's supposed to be nasty, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I'm. These guys are all like late picks, you know. Any one of these names you could take a shot on, and it's a coin flip, really. But these they have ridiculous potential. So, I, I'm, I love Reed Detmers as well. Okay, money in the bank time, guys. Let's finish off. Here it show. is. Every episode, we finish off with our Money in the Bank prediction. Uh, since the baseball season hasn't started yet, we're going to go with a season-long prediction again for pitchers, guys. What do you think here? Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, well, Nick, as always, you're going to go last because you always have <laughs> the craziest Money in the Bank predictions. So, my, Brandon, my... what's up? I was just going to say mine uh, is pretty simple this time. So. Oh, all right. Mine, mine is mine is very simple. Brandon, you want to get us started? Mine is also very simple, and I'll get us started. Um, I always get kind of, I don't want to say confused, but like I, I go between very simple money in the bank, like I feel like this guy can definitely cash my check, to like a bold prediction. Like it's almost like a lottery ticket kind of yeah. thing, and I feel like this is kind of leaning more in that direction. So my money in the bank for, for pitchers for the season long. Because I think Detroit is going to be a, a surprise team this year. Oh, I, I've already told you I love Detroit. Right. Oh, yeah. I actually i am a big fan of Eduardo Rodriguez, and he's uh, on the Detroit Tigers this year. So my money in the bank prediction this year is that Eduardo Rodriguez leads the American League. And now in, in Boston, he had one season with 18 wins. My prediction is that he leads the American League in wins this year. Eduardo <laughs> Rodriguez... My money in the bank, Tyler. You do not agree with that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold prediction. Keep going. Yeah, I said it is, and you can yeah. take that to the bank. Erod leads the American League and wins. Okay, All right. I like it. All right, they just they added Austin Meadows uh, to their lineup. They're going so, for it, baby. Yeah, they're trying to make the playoffs this year. That, that is for sure. Uh, my money in the bank prediction. I'm going to go to the National League. I'm going to say that Walker Bueller will have 20 wins, at least 20 wins. And although I think the guys in Milwaukee will have good seasons, I think Walker Bueller has 20 wins and will win the National League Cy Young Award this season, if, as long as he's healthy. And you could take that to the bank. Okay. All right, Nick, give us your simple money in the bank. All right, so uh, I'm just going to go with Shane Bieber. I'm going to say Shane Bieber finishes as the third 
best Cleveland Guardians pitcher this year. <laughs> right. I was not. An, I thought you were going to say the third best pitcher, like in fantasy, and I was like, nope, shaking my head. He won't even. He won't even. He'll be the third. Third on the Guardians. Pitcher, that is the Guardians. Wow, that was uh, you took me for a loop right there. Who who's going to finish ahead of him? Do you have? Do you just have guys, or do you think any two? I just think any two. Uh, Mackenzie, I'll say, could be one of them, and then okay. I whatever the other, the other guys up could, in the air. But could be Quantrill or Savali. Savali, yeah. Who's who's Either, the other guy they got? Please act. Uh, do they still have Please Sack? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And that's that's not a lot of firepower. So that's what that's what I think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the second so, would have been like, all right, the third. And that was yeah. talking yeah, going third with the Guardians. <laughs> wow. And you wow. can take that to the bank. See, I, I didn't think Bieber was gonna have as good of a season as usual this year. I don't I don't know about third on the Guardians. Uh, all right. I like it. That's where I'm going. I like it. I feel like I need to get bolder. You guys really went bold th- this week. We got, we got, we got Eduardo Rodriguez leading the AL and wins. <laughs> and we got, we got Shane Bieber getting uh, beat out by Tristan McKenzie and Cal Quantrill this season. Very interesting. <laughs> last week, I think my money in the bank it was Olsen for 40 home runs, which is one more than what he got last season. So in our, I, in, I was I was cashing. It was just a I nice. Mean, for, you went you went hundred RBIs with him too, right? Which he had last year. He'll easy. I think he'll easily hit that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with like a. I was cashing my check last week. Yeah. This week I'm kind of. Yeah, I wanted that bull prediction. All right, guys. Do you realize in the next podcast show we we'll have we'll be talking about actual baseball games for the season? Right. Yeah. Yep. Stuff yep. that matters. That's it. Our, our preview shows are are done. This is it. This is the last preview show, and we're going to be talking uh, in season from now on. I'm, I'm I can't wait. I, although I do think the Red Sox game might be rained out this Thursday, but they have from, Friday from what I've been reading. There's going to be a lot of uh, rainouts in general. A lot of bad right? weather on Thursday. No, across the yeah, but I, I know Red Sox Yankees have Friday a scheduled day off, so I'm assuming opening day will just be Friday in new york but uh we'll see we shall see yeah i'm ready for it let's go let's go lfg that's it but all right guys any final words before we sign off for the night i'm ready to go fill your watch list yeah keep your eyes on all those minor league players those guys that are on the fringe my watch list is already filled that's it make sure to uh yeah, set your lineups. <laughs> set your lineups starting Thursday, you know, uh, and then make sure you make sure you download that MLB app. Yep, keep MLB up to Network, date. Yep. Up to date. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of uh, injuries popping up left and right about guys, you know, getting maybe banged up or you know pitching updates. But let's rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. And I will see you two next week on the podcast show. Just like all you listeners out there will tune in. We'll see you next week. And until then, this has been Grand Slam. Fantasy Sports Podcast.